Good morning. To see today's photo, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me, MT Clark, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, good morning. Today's photo of a twisted tree in the midst of man-made mist, ghostly lanterns, and unsuspecting strangers in Mickey or Minnie Mouse ears comes to us from yours truly as I captured this haunting scene while on line to get a fright at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida yesterday. Well, it's Saturday, and if you can imagine it, my Friday began with silent stillness and an inch or two of snow on the ground at my countryside home in Easton, New York, and ended with a truly spectacular fire, water, and light-fueled extravaganza of dazzling Disney delights while I was watching the Sorcerer Mickey imagined show Fantasmic and, and was enjoying temperatures in the 60s as I traveled over 1,240 miles to take a break from my normal routine on vacation in Disney. Um, well, just because I have taken a departure from my normal routine and any semblance of maintaining my keto food plan and will be giving up, giving up anything in these early days of the Lenten season, I'm not giving up on my relationship with the Lord and I'm going to draw close to God in the wee hours of the morning before another day of vacation in the Magic Kingdom begins. In life, we set our priorities on what's important to us and after being pulled out of the darkness of a life of sin, sadness, and addiction, I try to put God first and I'm doing that this Lenten season by going through the 40-day journey with Martin Luther. It's the fourth day of Lent, and so we continue my personal walkthrough of Gratia Grindel's 40-day uh, journey with Martin Luther to observe and celebrate the Lenten season. In this walkthrough, Grindel's devotional, it is our hope that we will get to know Martin Luther a little better as we seek to draw closer to the Lord on our journey to Resurrection Sunday, or Easter. And so we continue, uh, journey day four. And Martin Luther writes, if I have had time and opportunity to go through the Lord's Prayer, I do the same with the Ten Commandments. I take one part after another and free myself as much as possible from distractions in order to pray. I divide each commandment into four parts, thereby fashioning a garland of four strands. That is, I think of each commandment as first instruction, which is really what it is intended to be, and consider what the Lord demands of me so earnestly. Second, I turn it into a thanksgiving. Third, a confession. Fourth, a prayer. That's from Martin Luther. And then we move on to the biblical wisdom from our devotional, which is from Proverbs 3. Uh, verses 3 through 6, and the Word of God says, Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. And then... Uh, well, then, uh, we, our devotion directs us to silence for meditation and our instructions on 
that. Are to pause the podcast um, or stop reading and sit quietly for 60 seconds or a minute or 5, 10, 15 minutes or however long you feel comfortable with and and have time for. Uh, focus your breath, focus on your breath and the calm stillness in the present moment that is always available to us in God's creation and meditate on Martin Luther's comments for the day and the content of today's biblical wisdom. And after you're done with that, we move along uh, to questions to ponder. And the first one uh, directs us, it says, Note the order of the four strands in the garland of prayer that uh, Luther recommends. Why do you think they come in that order? Uh, Martin Luther's garland of prayer makes sense. It may have been taught to him by saints in his life who had gone before him, or something he developed as a monk. A monk. Uh, or, a, or as a seminary professor. Luther's garland of prayer is logical and orderly, and it makes sense that they would flow in the following order. The, the order, of course, is one instruction. Uh, to meditate on something, we have to ponder what it means. What does this passage of Scripture, commandment, or portion of the Lord's Prayer tell us? Uh, what does it tell us about God, and what does it tell us to do, or what does it tell us not to do? And what does it teach us? And then, uh, thanksgiving, uh, pondering the scripture before us, we are naturally drawn to thank God for his wisdom, for his revealing it to us and how it has benefited us in our lives. We meditate on scripture and thank God for what he has done and for, what he is, you know, for who he is, good, holy, loving, and just. And then it moves us to confession. Well, we learn from scripture that we have not always followed God's word and we continue to fall short of following it faithfully so we confess and then the fourth aspect is pray and then we pray about that portion of scripture specifically Lord help me guide me and strengthen me in this specific area of our faith and help others who struggle in this area as well then our next prompting asked, why do you think Luther understands the garland of prayer as a response to the word of God? As I just explained, the garland of prayer that Luther talks about describes his relationship with the Lord and how he responds dynamically to the word of God that he encounters, seeking to understand, to thank God for, to confess to, or to agree with, and to pray over uh, the Ten Commandments of the Lord prayer, which are the Word of God is a response to the Word of God. And then it asks us to ponder how might your community of faith use the garland of prayer in public worship? Uh, the garland of prayer can easily be brought to a corporate body through having the pastor or celebrant direct the group's, of, uh, the group's attention to the, to the scripture um, to the particular portion of scripture by reciting it and then asking them to prayerfully consider what it what does it teach us how how should we how, how can we how how can we be thankful for it and how can we confess our failures in obeying it and then to pray to follow it so it's not a big stretch you can you can bring that process to church very easily and i think you know it's, it's a normal response to God's word. Uh, 
Then we move along to today's devotional psalm fragment, which is Psalm 91, 1 through 4. And the Word of God says, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Then our devotion asks us to write in a journal, the journal reflections. The first reflection tells us to reflect on your own method of meditating on Scripture. Have you ever used Luther's method? If so, describe its effect on you. If not, why not try it? Why not try it? You know, I never really thought about my process of meditation or, or Bible study, but as I have examined Luther's method, I see in it that those four garlands of prayer are not strange to me. Uh, the four garlands are rightly called a response to God's word. Uh, man must consider it to understand it. And if we understand it, that naturally causes us to give thanks, uh, to confess, and to pray. So I didn't know Martin Luther wrote about this, but I can say that I have tried this method myself in a sense, and it has had a profound effect on me as it formed the basis of my relationship to God and his word and has guided me to a transformed life. The following, <laughs> the, the next item uh, is write about how you might begin to make the garland of prayer a regular habit in your life. Well, it's very simple. We just do it. Uh, follow the outline that Martin Luther writes about uh, by asking God and, and yourself those questions. Um, what does this mean? What does God want, want to teach me? How or why should I be thankful for this? Uh, do I agree with this, or have I failed to obey this? How should I pray about this? Our response, uh, responses to these aspects of our faith and these questions can easily make this a regular habit in our lives. So, do it. And then finally, it, it tells us to put our money where our mouth is and practice this garland of prayer by using the psalm fragment. So, our psalm fragment, Psalm 91, 1 through 4, tells us, you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Okay, uh, the psalm fragment teaches us that God, the Almighty, is a fortress, a refuge, and that we should trust Him and abide in His shelter. It also teaches us to confess that these things, these things verbally to the Lord. You know, you are, you know, it says you will say, you will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. So we should say it. Uh, it causes us to give thanks um, for his goodness and his protection of us. Thank you, God, for, for being a refuge and a fortress and someone I can trust. And it reminds, us, uh, reminds me of all the times I walked independently away from God and how I suffered because of me to pray to be able to trust God more and to always abide with him to experience him as a refuge, fortress, and shelter. As you can see, the garland of prayer uh, is, inherent, is an inherent response uh, to God's word, and it just needs to be applied. And really, that's that's part of this, this path of Christian discipleship, is we, we try to align ourselves with God's will, and God's revealed will is given to us in the word of God. So we 
We have to understand what it says. We have to read the word for ourselves and apply it to our lives ourselves. So we recommend Luther's Garland of Prayer. And uh, finally, our devotion moves us to prayers for the life of faith, which and, and it says, pray that you will learn to follow the Garland of Prayer method in both your reading of scripture and your response in prayer to what you read. And so we pray that. Lord, help me to use Luther's garland of prayer to respond fully to what your word tells me and to draw me closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then finally, the, uh, the prayer for today is, Gracious God, open my mind and heart to your word as I mine your word for its depths and riches. Amen. And we move along to... Today's Bible verse comes to us from the Quick Scripture Reference for Counseling by John G. Cruis. This morning's meditation verse comes from the section on communication, gossip, and lying. And today's verse is Proverbs 13.3, which says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Today's verse falls under the 14th point of our Counseling Reference Guide's resource section on communication, gossip, and lying. That 14th point is, be careful, don't speak rashly. Today's verse reminds me to keep the peace uh, with the words I say. Hey, I'm on vacation, and the best way to keep the good times rolling is to do our best to be kind to one another and to not complain about how we may be getting on one another's nerves. Um, (laughs) Nerves. As... As we examine other people we are traveling with or in passing and consider how they are saying and or doing, uh, what they are saying and doing doesn't line up perfectly with how we would do things. Uh, while we could speak out, out complaints and rebukes and reactivity rashly, if we hold on to silence until we can craft a caring and compassionate response, we can keep the peace and help to make everyone's experience a positive one. So, control your tongue, because sometimes opening your mouth rashly can ruin everything. As always, I invite all to go to mtforchrist.org, where I always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist my brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today we continue sharing from According to Your Word, Morning and Evening Through the New Testament by Stephen F. Alford. And today's, um, today's prompting uh, is from Mark 9. So Stephen Alford directs us to read Mark 9 and shares from it today from verse 8. Um, the simple quote, only Jesus. And Stephen Alford writes, Had it been only Moses, they would have had to face the severe demands of the law. Had it been only Elias, they would have had to suffer the righteous demands of severe judgment. But it was only Jesus, blessed be his name, only Jesus, who not only fulfilled the law, but also bore the judgment due to mankind, that as the only Savior... He might bring grace and truth to men and women. Had only Moses and Elias come down, they would have brought law and judgment. But in that only Jesus came down, he brought truth, fulfilled law, 
and grace, satisfied judgment. Praise God for only Jesus. And offered praise. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. Only Jesus, Mark 9, 8. That concludes our sharing, and it's really is, <laughs> it really is only Jesus. Only he satisfied judgment and fulfilled the law. And, you know, Alford uses Elias. I think that's Elijah. I don't know. Elias, E-L-I-A-S. Um, alternate spelling for Elijah, I think, because, because Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets and that's all I can think there um, but yeah it's only Jesus who saves us who teaches us the way to peace the word of God you know Jesus is called the word of God and the word of God instructs us and it gives us you know makes us to be thankful uh, helps us to confess that we haven't always followed it and it, it causes us to pray to to do that and uh, thus Martin Luther, you know, wise theologian, came up with years ago, you know, a, de a description for that process. You know, and that's a natural process of faith when we come into uh, alignment with God, when we try to follow the Lord. That's a natural process, um, you know, that he's describing, that we look for its instruction, we look to give thanks, we look to confess, and we pray to follow. Um, and that's what the walking in the Spirit's all about. And um, today we're coming from uh, to you live from the lobby of the Port Orleans uh, Resort, the French Quarter here at Disney World. And so we're going to wrap it up because it's early and it's weird. Um, but it's, it's good. And I'm so glad to have my faith because... Um, as good as things are here at Disney, it sort of it shows you the limitations that man has in making people happy. Um, and seeing people disgruntled, bored, uh, disgruntled, bored, crying, upset, or acting fools uh, here throughout the Disney experience. Um, it shows you that as good as we can do in our own efforts to make circumstances to, to be happy, um, there's going to be some, you know, you can't stay at Disney World forever um, unless you're rich. And even then, oh boy. Um, but you can't make, you can't find the peace that the Lord gives you. Um, true peace comes from knowing, uh, knowing God and um, um, having peace with Him through faith in Jesus Christ. And while you can enjoy all the delights that the world has to give you, Without Jesus, only Jesus, you know, will perish. So, so we encourage like a lifestyle of faith where we don't have to rely on circumstances um, to be happy, and we don't have to be, we don't have to be bound to the flesh. Uh, we can be set free. Although in some some environments like Disney buffets, it's a little difficult because you're paying the money and <laughs> the options for sweet treats hard to resist so I pray for your help <laughs> I pray for your understanding and your grace and forgiveness as I uh, 
show show my human side, even uh, even though I'm trying to be spiritual. Uh, I went to Disney and I'm gonna enjoy the the games, the the rides, and the food uh, for the days I'm here um, before giving it all up uh, when I go back to New York uh, on Thursday evening. So. I hope this doesn't make me a hypocrite, um, but uh, I, I always, even even while I do that, and understand I'm not walking perfectly, and you know, I'm fighting the good fight of uh, against the food addiction. Um, you know, I still try to point to the Lord. So, um, so let's pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father. Thank you for bringing me safely here. Uh, thank you for the. Uh, uh, the fun we had yesterday. Thank you for the abundance of food that our buffet provided. Uh, we thank you for uh, the harmony that we had uh, as a family. My wife, Tammy Lynn, and my stepkids, Benjamin, um, that we got along together. And you know, people are walking in. It's, it's real. Um, so we thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we, we thank you. <laughs> we praise you. Yeah, that's that's just that's just. <laughs> and and last time, I have to get up even earlier tomorrow. Um, as I'm in a common area and people walked right into the middle of my prayer session. Anyway, um, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for, <laughs> for other people. We thank you for the goodness of this life. And uh, we just pray for anyone else who's listening or reading uh, along with this message that they'd be blessed in their walk of faith. And um, Lord, we just pray for you to protect and guide us through the day to keep us faithful and aware and maybe use some self-restraint. Um, Help us, Lord. Uh, we need it. In Jesus' name, amen.